This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. And a good afternoon. Welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, the USDA's WASDE report didn't have much of an impact on grain markets, according to a future commodity advisor. Protein Industries Canada held their AGM this week, and I spoke with CEO Bill Grohl on how that went. The latest on an E. coli outbreak in Calgary. In my conversation with Donald Bailey, the father of Dan Bailey, the winner of the latest 620 CKRM Country Cookout. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimate report released this week had little immediate impact on the grain markets. That is according to Adam Piccalo, a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. Yeah, we did see definitely some movement when it came to the USDA WASDE report. Overall, it wasn't, I would say, a massive factor for for this week. Um, You know, we did see uh, kind of on the kind of soybean side of things, a little bit lower kind of of a bearish report. Uh, Beans are trading down kind of to the lower end of the range here today, uh, sitting at about 1345. Kind of the rise in harvested area for U.S. soybeans versus June is really almost negligible overall. But I am seeing, again, on the canola side especially, uh, a bit of a a weaker market here recently. So this week, the November canola futures were down about $25 a ton to where they currently sit at about $7.55. So not too long ago, uh, just on September 5th, so 10 days ago, uh, we were sitting at about $810 a ton on the November contract. So that's a, a pretty large decline that we have seen, kind of about that $55 a ton in the last six uh, trading days there and kind of in a row. And now we've started to see, I think, canola trade a little bit more sideways here on the charts. Uh, it seems like it is probing for a low. Um, but right now, I would say that it seems that uh, the U.S. kind of weather outlook for, for beans is mixed um, with recent rain kind of lighter than expected. But uh, unfortunately for the bull camp for soybeans, farmers are expected to seem to be aggressive sellers uh, with their harvested beans kind of seeming right now. So I, I don't believe that canola, you know, maybe is going, you know, it's skyrocketing from here right back up to the highs. But with the, the Canadian lower crop of about 17, 18 million tons of, of canola, uh, I think that is supportive for the prices. I don't necessarily think we're going back down to that uh, 600 level by any means right now. So how did the wheat futures do? On the wheat side, Minneapolis on the December contract increased about uh, six cents a bushel. Um, kind of, in my opinion, it seems that wheat prices might be making their seasonal lows 
tighter global supplies are expected in 2024 once Russia does move their stocks. So technical indicators at least are starting to kind of point a little bit higher on the wheat crop. Um, so I think the odds are, are kind of more in favor for some upside gain. That's where I am talking about with clients. They are moving their wheat kind of off the combine this year, maybe to look at buying March or even May call options, just depending on the client. So going back to the first question, it uh, doesn't sound like the USDA's report really had an effect on canola and wheat futures. Is that right? That's correct. It just it didn't seem like there was kind of much change uh, in terms of kind of going through the numbers. You know, U.S. on the crop production side, uh, yields were a little bit higher on corn, um, a little bit lower on beans. Production was actually lower on beans as well, too, but then higher on corn. So um, kind of the initial reaction was kind of a little bit lower for sure on kind of both markets. But kind of since then, um, you know, beans are still trending to the lower end of the range, while corn is uh, kind of actually kind of around the same as well, too. So it, it wasn't, I would say, overly bearish. But right now, with the seasonal time of year, it doesn't surprise me that we're maybe trending a little bit lower. All right. Do you see any other factors influencing uh, canola and wheat futures? Maybe not necessarily wheat, but in general, uh, one thing I have been watching is how crude oil has been making new highs. So uh, WTI crude in the U.S. is up over $90 a barrel. Uh, that's a, a very large breakout that we've seen here in the last couple of weeks. And I know we talked about that with you before. Uh, you know, I think that could just be positive for, for oil seeds in general here, or at least supportive, maybe not, uh, again, directly influencing it but it's something that i'm i've been talking about with clients in terms of diesel hedging and things like that in terms of uh, the outlook for the next week uh, what are some other things in addition to crude possibly that you're keeping an eye out for well, that's kind of really the main thing that I would say kind of is an outside kind of market factor. The next USDA small grains report is until September 29th, so a couple weeks from today. So there won't be really any reports, I would say, that uh, kind of are, are market moving right now. Adam Picallo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. Coming up after the break, my talk with Bill Grohl of Protein Industries Canada, recapping their AGM. We're back with Saskag today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch. For Prairie 6 Inch Eaves Trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6 Inch Eaves Trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. About 170 members of Protein Industries Canada gathered in Edmonton this week for their annual general meeting. CEO Bill Grohl says representatives from the University of Alberta, the Alberta government and industry stakeholders were also at the AGM. He says the focus was on how to make Canadian companies more competitive globally. So we had a lot of good conversations and experience from people who've scaled businesses in the plant-based food space. Um, a lot of great connections being made and very positive uh, outcomes from the annual general meeting. So what would be some of the outcomes then afterward? 
I think always when we try to put on these types of events where we bring people together, it's really for companies to meet other companies that they can partner with and, and think about collaborating in the plant-based food space. You know, we've talked a lot how we take a value chain approach to innovation. So we had companies in the plant breeding space, we had ingredient manufacturers, we had uh, food companies and people with innovative technologies that might be applied in, in any part of that value chain. So bringing together companies from all different parts of uh, the plant-based food space, really what we're trying to do is create new business arrangements, new opportunities for collaborative innovation, new and a stronger supply chain in Canada's plant-based food space. I think that's going to be the real outcome of, uh, of when we come together as an ecosystem. Now, I could imagine at the meeting, uh, you know, kind of the past 365 days was kind of covered. Uh, uh, if so, what were kind of some of the highlights uh, from uh, this past year? Which, what would you say? Well, I think from our perspective at Protein Industries Canada, it was the closing out of our first fund. So we ended up funding 55 large-scale innovation projects, invested almost half a billion dollars into Canada's plant-based food, feed, and ingredient sector. So we did talk a lot about that, but we also launched the second fund, and we've had a lot of interest from uh, Canada's ecosystem. We've had um, almost a billion dollars worth of requests for funding from Protein Industries Canada, so I think it speaks to the level of optimism and the opportunity in the plant-based food space. And just to clarify, what was the name of the fund? We call it our Technology Leadership Fund. That's where we fund those large-scale innovation projects with uh, with companies in Canada. Okay. All right. So the second round of it is uh, is uh, commencing, I guess, for the lack of a better word. Yeah, we're uh, we're reviewing projects right now. We should be making a, a announcements in the in the in the upcoming weeks and months. That's Bill Grohl, CEO of Protein Industries Canada, recapping this week's annual general meeting in Edmonton. Coming up after the break is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to SaskAg Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Canadian farmers will harvest slightly more wheat and a bit less canola than expected earlier in summer, but dry conditions will keep both crops small. That's according to a government report released yesterday. Statistics Canada estimates all wheat production at 29.8 million metric tons, the second lowest in eight years, and down 13% from last year. The estimate was slightly higher than StatScan's estimate of 29.5 million metric tons in its previous report on August 29th. StatScan estimated Durham production at 4.1 million metric tons, down 30% year-over-year, and the second smallest crop of the wheat used to make pasta in 13 years, after the worst 2021 drought. The agency had previously estimated production of 4.3 million metric tons. Farmers look to produce 17.4 million metric tons of canola, down 7% from last year, and their second smallest crop in nine years. StatsCan had previously estimated 17.6 million metric tons. StatsCan left its oat harvest estimate at 2.4 million metric tons, down 53% from last year. 
Markets Farm Pro Analyst Mike Jubinville says Statistics Canada's principal field crop production report released yesterday did not contain too many surprises. He says the agency's previous report on August 29th already provided insight as to what production numbers were going to be, but still warned the model-based projections in the latest report will not be as accurate as the survey-based report due out in December. Despite questions over the report's accuracy, adjustments to the production figures compared to the August report were modest and mostly expected. One of the few surprises was the canola production estimate being revised downward by nearly 200,000 metric tons to 17.368 million after the trade had expected a 300,000 metric ton raise. However, Jubinville doesn't think any of the adjustments, including that for canola, had effects on the markets. The report highlighted how much the hot and dry weather in the prairies cut production for Canada's major crops. A United Nations Special Rapporteur on Modern Slavery has called out Canada's Temporary Foreign Worker, or TFW, programs, including those in the agriculture sector. Tomoya Obokata, who was appointed by the UN's Human Rights Council, spoke in Ottawa last week following a 14-day visit to Canada. He called the programs a breeding ground for contemporary forms of slavery and called on the government to better protect worker rights and offer a clear path to permanent residency for migrants. The use of TFWs has exploded in recent years. A 2022 document from Stats Canada says in 2000 about 110,000 TFWs came to Canada. In 2021, that figure had reached 770,000. About 15% of the agricultural workforce in Canada are TFWs, the highest proportion of any sector. The Migrant Workers Alliance for Change welcomed the statement and especially endorsed the call for better pathways to long-term or permanent residency. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has summoned the country's top grocers to help find solutions to the surging food prices and vowed to cut federal taxes on new rental buildings as he fights an affordability crisis that has dented his party's opinion poll ratings. After meeting with Liberal Party legislators in London, Ontario, Trudeau says the government asked the executives of the five largest grocery chains, including Loblaw, Sobeys and Metro, to come to Ottawa next week to explain how they will stabilize prices. The five companies, representing 80% of the Canadian grocery market, have until October 9th to come up with a proposal. In 2022, Canada's three largest grocers, Loblaw, Sobeys and Metro, collectively reported more than $100 billion in sales and earned more than $3.6 billion in profit. Alberta's agriculture minister is heading to South Korea and Japan on a trade mission. R.J. Sigurdsson is to travel from September 15th through the 23rd. The visit aims to promote Alberta's agriculture and agri-food products. Sigurdsson is to meet with agribusinesses in the Asian countries, as well as government officials and media. And that's today's AgriView. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM.
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny and some smoke lingering around. Winds from the northwest at 20 kilometers an hour, high of 20 degrees. Tonight, clear, some haze, low plus 5. Tomorrow, sunshine, winds from the south at 20 kilometers an hour, high of 24, the low 9. Sunny on Sunday, high of 26, the low 9. Monday, sunny, high of 24, again the low 9 degrees. Tuesday, partly cloudy, high of 18, the low 5. Wednesday, part the cloudy, high of 19, the low 7. And Thursday, part the cloudy, high of 17 degrees. Normal highs for this period are around 18, normal lows 3. Sun rose at 6.34 this morning. Sun will set at 7.13 tonight. Around the province in Estevan, 16. Swift Current, 18. Saskatoon, 19. Weyburn, 17 degrees. Yorkton is at 14. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Maple Creek at 21.2. Cool spot in Collins Bay at 10.1. In Regina, mostly cloudy. Northwest wind at 24 to 34 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 55%. Temperature 18 degrees or 64 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure is at 102.1 and rising. In Moose Jaw smoke, west-northwest wind at 31. Temperature 20 degrees. Once again in Regina, it is mostly cloudy. Northwest wind at 24 to 34. Temperature 18 degrees. Back in a moment. Shepherd Realty in Regina has just listed for sale 2,318 acres of farmland located in the Pangman Ceylon area. The land has great access along the number six highway and is in an ideal location close to the junction of number six and 13 highways. To learn more about this 2,318 acre parcel in the Pangman Ceylon area, or if you're considering selling your farm or ranch property, call 352-1866, shepherdrealty.ca. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. A distraught Danielle Smith held a news conference this morning to provide an update on the E. coli outbreak in Calgary this month. The Premier had received a letter from some of the parents of sick kids, criticizing her for being rather quiet on this issue. Smith was joined by the province's Chief Medical Health Officer, Dr. Mark Joff, who first provided an update on the investigation of this outbreak. The central kitchen that provided food to these 11 daycares remains indefinitely closed. I acknowledge that there is some concern that this kitchen was able to continue to operate despite public health inspectors identifying a number of violations, both critical and non-critical, at recent inspections. I understand that concern, but I can assure you that there were no delays or gaps in inspecting this facility. Every food handling facility in the province is inspected at least once a year. That is the standard and the requirement under legislation. In the case of this facility, it was inspected five times in 2023, 
directly related to the fact that violations had previously been identified. There were concerns about this facility, and our public health inspectors more than doubled their visits. I certainly acknowledge that this is all cold comfort to the parents of children who fell ill. I am not trying to make excuses for this operator in any way, but the inspectors did their job under the Public Health Act. It is frustrating that we don't yet have a definitive answer on what made all of these children sick. But as I've mentioned before, this is an extremely complex investigation. And identifying the exact source and how things unfolded is like trying to find a needle amongst a field of haystacks. We know that the source is highly likely to have come from the central kitchen. In total, 45 food items from the kitchen and daycares have been collected to date, and we have received 19 results back from the lab. None have tested positive for E. coli. Later, Premier Smith broke down while talking about the situation that so many parents in Calgary are facing. Families are watching in anguish, watching their children suffer from a preventable cause. They're enduring extreme stress, afraid of what the outcome will be and how this will affect their child's health. It's unimaginable pain, and I'm heartbroken by what these family families are going through. <clears throat> Right now, the most important comfort I can offer is the promise that each sick child is getting the best possible care. Thirteen children remain in hospital and at least six are receiving dialysis as the bacteria is affecting their blood and kidneys. You're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Dan Bailey of the Ben Goff area was our sixth winner of the 620 CKRM Country Cookout for the harvest season. Dan farms with his father, Donald Bailey. Dan is a conventional farmer, while Donald has been an organic farmer since the early 2000s. I spoke with Donald about that dynamic, as well as how this year's harvest went as they finished up recently. I was good as far as harvest goes. Uh, yields on some wasn't as good as we would have liked, but uh, some of it was surprisingly better than we thought. So uh, it's, we're maybe round average or just under, I would say, yeah. So number-wise, what would that be exactly? Uh, on conventional Durham, I think probably close to that maybe 25 bushel acre. And uh, my organic was not so, not so good, closer to probably eight. Mm. So uh, what did you uh, have for an organic crop for this year? Uh, Kamut, coercion wheat, it's called, yeah. All right, and in terms of like, you know, how the growing season has gone overall, what would you say it was uh, for this area in particular? Uh, just dry. 
and uh, grasshoppers, gophers, uh, and, and drought, I guess, yeah. You know, the, other than that, the crop come up very nice this spring. Uh, just and the water shut off, and, and it ended up being what it was, yes. Yeah, exactly. It's happened for a lot of areas around the province. And I uh, just kind of wanted to touch base a little bit on, uh, you mentioned that you're an organic farmer. Kind of explain how that all came to be. Ah, uh, just uh, expenses back in the late uh, 90s were getting to be quite a bit and uh, sick of spraying and uh, so decided to try something different and uh, it worked very well for me for quite a few years. This was my 24th crop of organic and uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it has been good to me. Uh, this is probably the worst year I've ever had so it's it's just the drought and other things that have happened, yeah. And apparently this area is uh, was at one time, you know, pretty big uh, for being uh, an organic uh, farm or organic operations, is that right? Yeah, one time the, a lot of the buyers would say the, uh, the Bengoff was one of the higher percentage of organic farmers in the area. And it's changed over the years, but, uh, but at one time it, it was quite a high percentage of organic farmers. What would you say is kind of one of the biggest challenges with being an organic farmer? Uh, probably weed control and uh, trying to get nutrients back into the soil with with uh, rotations and uh, usually uh, a plow down crop to uh, help put nutrients back in the ground. And what would you say is kind of your favorite part of uh, being on the farm and uh, being in agriculture? Oh, the lifestyle. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's all, I've done a lot of other things in between and, and along the way, but uh, this is still what I love the most, yes. And you got your son uh, doing it alongside you. That's got to be a pretty good feeling. Yes, it is. It's really great. Uh, somebody to take over, and uh, I did the same, took over from my father, and, and so, yeah, it, it's a good feeling. Yeah. Keep the family farm. Absolutely. Well, uh, again, I just want to say thank you for your time and uh, congratulations on completing the harvest. Well, thank you very much. That's my chat with Donald Bailey, the father of Dan Bailey, who was the latest winner of the 620 CKRM Country Cookout for the harvest season. After the break, market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $2.50 to seven thirteen seventy-two. Number one red spring wheat is up $2.57 at $3.41.69 a metric ton. The rest were the same. Durham at $5.14.74. Feed barley $2.82.58. Chickpeas $10.36.17. Flax $5.61.54. Lentils $8.67.50. Oats 310.32, yellow peas 382.89, feed wheat 223.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is up five cents at seven dollars and eighty-eight and a half cents a bushel. Coming up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today livestock reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 6:20 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, here are the latest Livestock Quotes. 
Good afternoon. This is Travis Platt with Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. This past Thursday, we had a smaller run of cows and bulls at a regular sale, and here's how it went. Then good cows are $1.25 to $1.35 with sales up to $1.3850. Then medium cows are $1.10 to $1.25. Then good bulls are $1.50 to $1.60 with sales up to $1.7350. Next week, we have our yearly and calf pre-sorted sale on September 19th starting at 930 as well as our regular cow and bull sale Thursday, September 21st at 8.30 a.m. If you have any other questions or marketing concerns, give us a call at 692-2385. This is Travis Platt reporting for Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. Good day and good selling. Now here are the latest pork prices. This is Bill Elfer with the Hams Market Commentary for Friday, September 15th. Hams sold 7,400 hogs Thursday, selling a range of 211 to 225 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,000 head selling a range of 210 to 227 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, September 16th are Ole West 2020, 210.30, Ole West 2021, 226.40, Maple Leaf Fig 4, 211.06, Ham's Cash, 209.06, Thunder Creek Burko, 211.89, and High Life Cash, $224.42 per CKG. Ham's number one sales this week are down, selling in the range of 38 to 45 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and four contract prices open higher this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar was up 19 basis points with a daily exchange rate at 1.3515. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74 cents US. Daily US cash prices are mixed to end the week with the negotiated Western Corn Belt down 64 cents, National up 40 cents, and the cutout adjusted variant improving 78 cents US 100 weight relative to the previous day. The net result for the week sees the Western Corn Belt down by only a dime, National slightly up by nine cents, and when the cutout formula is determined later today, it will be higher in the neighborhood of $1.25 US 100 weight compared to last week. Lean hog futures seeing some support this morning but have not made any real gains. The market remains highly influenced by technical indicators, and as opposed to reacting to fundamental news, and all contracts remain in a range-bound pattern. Canadian forward contracts remain good value, however, despite the daily oscillations. Producers can presently lock in a full-range forward contract from October to June of next year at levels that are only second in value when comparing the entire contract to the cash average settlement price over the same time frame. Up next, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. After falling in June, manufacturing sales were up 1.6% in July. Statistics Canada says the gain came on higher sales of food products, petroleum and coal products, and transportation equipment. One area that saw a decrease was in paper products, where sales fell 4.6% as more than half of manufacturers in B.C. were hurt by July's port strike in the province. Overall, manufacturing sales in constant dollar terms rose 0.9% in July. All three Detroit automakers have been hit by strikes as 146,000 American auto workers fight for a bigger share of industry profits. The United Auto Workers are seeking big raises and better benefits from General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis. They're looking into regaining concessions the workers made years ago when the companies were in financial trouble. The UAW strategy so far is having a small percentage of the union's members, 13,000 so far, hit the bricks at factories in Missouri, 
Michigan, and Ohio. The strike action comes as the clock ticks down on this side of the border. Unifor is holding talks with Ford ahead of its contract's best-before date on September 18th. The union is hoping any deal will serve as a blueprint for workers at other automakers. Turning over to the markets, the TSX is up 4 points at 20,572. The Dow is down 193 points to 34,713. Oil is up 59 cents to $90.75 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 74 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Friday's edition of Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day and a nice weekend. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.